we're going to conquer. We shall conquer. So we should press the battle on. No matter what's going on, till the raging foes of fire is driven, we need to press the battle on. So we bless the name of the Lord for that song today. Can the church say praise the Lord? Truly we bless the Lord today for all he's done and all he's doing in our lives. We give him glory, honor, and thanks and praise for his many blessings and his favor in our lives. I give God thanks for him calling me into the ministry of the gospel. The reason I'm here today and I thank him and I praise him. And I look forward to what God is going to do in our lives as we seek to do his will. Thank God for Sister Lewis leading us in devotion today and, and for uh, all the ministers who are here. Remember Sister Williams in your prayers today. And we just thank God for his blessings today. For Eric and David and for the choir. We just thank God for all he's doing in our lives. We're going to continue on our theme today, the Christian experience. We're going to look again at Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. When you find it, say amen. Isaiah 40, verse 1, we read, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every hill, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. For New Testament passage of scripture, we're going to look again at the Gospel of St. John. John chapter 1. We're going to begin reading at verse 29. John's Gospel, chapter 1. We're going to begin reading at verse 29. When you find it, say amen. John chapter 1, verse 29, we read, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove. He remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. This morning we want to share with us briefly from the subject, the Christian experience, we need the Holy Spirit. The Christian experience, we need the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Kind Heavenly Father, we adore you. We place no one above you, Lord. And we thank you and we praise your holy name. Now, Father, we ask you to bless us as we've come to share your word today. We thank you that you have already ordained this message today and so much that we've already experienced, Lord. You have revealed yourself to us, Lord. I pray today that you will lead us and guide us, Lord. 
Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Let your Spirit move today in the midst of your people. We pray that you, you would just guide us as we share your word, that your word might go forth, that your people might hear and understand and be blessed. Bless me, your servant, today. I need your help. Bless us, Lord. We be careful to give you honor and glory and thanks and praise that your name may be glorified and your people might be edified and saved and horrified as we share your word. Have your way in our midst today, not just today, but every day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would just dwell here, Lord, and we worship you and praise your name. Have your way. We thank you and we praise you. For it's in the saving name of Jesus we pray. And every heart said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our subject today, the Christian experience, we need the Holy Spirit. As we've been on this theme, we consider the theme, the Christian experience. There are many thoughts and ideas that come to our minds. And I know that we have had many religious experiences throughout our lives. We've heard certain things about the Lord and the Christian experience. We've seen different things. And we've read different things. But I want us to understand today that when we hear that word Christian, it has a very significant meaning. It means that we are to be Christ-like in the way we live. Our subject, the Christian experience, we need the Holy Spirit. And I don't want us to live around the church all our lives and never know what it means to be a Christian. But I want us to experience Christ as our Lord and our personal Savior. We need to understand that. And, and as I, I've, I've said and given an example, it's like buying a ticket to a, to a game or to a concert and sitting on the outside and never going in. I don't want it to be our, 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 our life story, but I want us to know Jesus Christ for ourselves. And to begin to understand more and more what this Christian life is all about, we need to know what the word of God is saying about the Christian lifestyle. We need to understand that God has a plan for our lives. And in our Old Testament passage of Scripture, we see that God was thinking about us. And he says in Isaiah 40, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And see, God had a plan for our lives, a plan to let us know that he was going to forgive us for our sins. He wasn't going to hold our sins against us as long as we follow his plan. It says, let Israel know that her iniquity is pardoned. See, you don't have to be guilty of your sins anymore. Because God has made a plan to forgive you of your, of your sin. As the, uh, Mother Sister Annie Thomas used to say when I was home uh, growing up, she said, the Lord will cast your sins, your sins as far as the east is from the west. He don't want, he's not going to remember our sins anymore. Your sins are going to be pardoned. Then he says, it's the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. In other words, God has a plan for your whole life. It says, the the, the there's going to be a highway there and it says, every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. In other words, the things that, that trouble you in your life, God can fix those things. The low places, he can lift you up. The mountain and hills, the obstacles in your life, he can move them out of the way. The rough places, God's going to smooth them out. 
And the crooked things that you may not understand, he's going to make it straight for you. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And whatever God says, the old saying says, God said it, that settles it. Because the word of God is eternally settled in heaven. So we need to seek God's plan for our lives, knowing that this Christian experience, God has made a way for us. A way that all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. As we go to our New Testament passage of Scripture, we know we're preaching from the Gospel of John. And from the Gospel of John, we understand that John wrote this Gospel to help us to understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And the way we become Christian is by believing that he is the Son of God and he died on the cross for our sins. So that we might have a right to the tree of life. And as I've said each time, we know that, that, that the word believe is mentioned over and over throughout the Gospel of John. And, and we know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting. It's important that we believe in the Christian experience. And as I've grown uh, up in my Christian experience through life and growing up in the church, there are several things that I, I've heard in life. And one of the things I remember hearing is that, you know, now that we live in modern times, we don't need everything that the Bible talks about. It don't take all of that anymore because we live in modern times. You know, we have refrigerators and we have TVs and electricity and running water. So, you know, we live in modern days and we don't need everything that the Bible talks about. But I come today to let us know we need everything that the Bible talks about. And one of the most important things we need is the Holy Spirit. And there are doctrines that say, you know, once you become a Christian, you don't really need anything else. But I'm standing here today to remind you that the word of God declares that we need the Holy Spirit. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let any other doctrine come, up, come against the word of God because we need everything that God has for us to survive in this world. And from the lesson today, I want us to understand that we need the Holy Spirit. We don't need just to come to church and sit in the pews and look nice. That's good. But we need the power of God's Holy Spirit living in our lives so we can have this Christian experience right here in this world, in this, in this present world. We need the Holy Spirit. There are three things here in this passage of Scripture today, and I hope you begin to understand that I'm going to preach through the Gospel of John as long as God allow me. And I hope as we read this gospel, as we share and study this gospel, that we understand what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a believer in Christ, and what it means to live this Christian life. So let's look at John chapter 1, beginning at verse 29. The first thing I want us to understand in this Christian experience from this verse is that we need to meet Jesus. We need to meet Jesus. Let's look at John 1 and 29. It says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. See, church, we need to meet Jesus. In order to be a Christian, it's not good enough to hear about him, know what mama and daddy said about him. Know what that, that old preacher used to say about him. But we need to meet Jesus for ourselves. And as I read this passage over and over again, I realized that John really had not seen Jesus. 
Even though he was called by God to be the forerunner of Christ, he had not met him himself. Even when Mary met Elizabeth, and the Bible said that John leaped in, in, in Elizabeth's womb, John still had not met Jesus for himself. And so in order for him to really know the power of the Holy Spirit and to him to fulfill what God had called him to, he had to meet Jesus. And I want you to know today that you and I need to meet Jesus. We need to know Jesus for ourselves. We don't need to wonder about him. We don't need to speculate and just merely articulate. We need to know Jesus for ourselves. We need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to remember when he saved us. Remember when he turned our lives around. We didn't know that one day I bowed down on my knees and I asked Jesus to come into my life. We need to meet Jesus. And it says here the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God. In other words, he saw him for himself. He's, he was able to behold Jesus for himself. We need to know, we, we need to meet Jesus for ourselves. And it says here that it was he of whom I said, after me comes a man who was preferred before me. For he was before me. In other words, I had talked about him. I had heard about him. My mom and dad and all the prophets and the priests had taught us about him in Sunday school. But now I see him for myself. And that needs to be your experience. You need to know Jesus for yourself. You can't live this Christian life on your mom and dad's testimony. And neither can I. You need to meet Jesus. The Christian experience, we need the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Beginning at verse 37, where we need to understand that we need to meet Jesus to have a true Christian experience. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 37, says, Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. See, it's not enough to just hear about Jesus. It's not enough to have a good pastor that will preach about Jesus. It's not enough for your mom and your dad to know him, but you need to know him for yourself. That's what, the, that's what the Apostle Peter was saying here after he had preached to them, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. He preached this message, and these people said, you know, what shall we do? How can I be a Christian? Well, the way you do that is you repent and you believe that Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, and then you can receive the Holy Spirit. We need to meet Jesus for ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. The second thing in this message today I want us to see is that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Let's look at John 1 verse 31. It says, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a, like a dove 
and he remained upon him. We see Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. And John was a witness that he received, saw the Holy Spirit himself. Descending upon Christ, and it says it was like as of a dove. And one of the things it says here that I want us to remember, and it says in verse 32, and he remained upon him. See, in the old days, in the Old Testament, the Bible would say how the Spirit would come upon someone, and it would be with them for a while, and then it would leave. You know, the story of Samson. The Bible would say that when something would happen, and, and the Philistines would come, and then the Spirit of God would come mightily upon Samson. He would tear the gates down and drag them, and he, he killed a lion and a bear. He did all those things that, that Samson did because the Spirit would be upon him. But then the Spirit would leave. But now you and I, we need the Holy Spirit to remain in our hearts. It's not enough for us to just come to church and have a good feeling. Because I think that's what so many people think of when they think about the Holy Spirit. They come to church for a couple of hours and they feel real good and, and they go home and they have to meet the devil as soon as they hit the door. And he fight them all week long and wrestling. And we Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. See, it's good to be here on Sunday for the spirit to move and everything. That's great. We want the spirit of God to dwell in every sanctuary, everywhere across the world. But you need the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your life. On your job, in your home, in the grocery store, in the mall when you're shopping. Amen. When those, those credit cards come out. It's Christmas time already. I already saw a couple of Christmas commercials already. I'm like, is it already that time of the year? We need the Holy Spirit all of the time. We need the Spirit to, as it says here, to remain with us. We need the Holy Spirit. And don't let anybody fool you that it's, it's good to just go to church and that's enough. No, you, wanna, you want God's presence to live within you. You want the Spirit to remain upon you so you can fulfill God's will for your life. We're talking about the Christian experience. We need the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, what about you and me? If John had to see him for himself, what about you and I? We need the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. We're talking about the Christian experience. I want to help us understand today that we all need the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Ephesians 1 and begin at verse 11. It says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, we need to receive the Holy Spirit. In the church of God, we call it the second work of grace. After you say, you know, I accept the Christ as my Lord and personal Savior, then you need to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Not just one day, but every day of your life. 
You need the Holy Spirit. We need, I need, we all need the power of the Holy Spirit to live this Christian life. And look what this passage of scripture is saying to us. It says, in him, in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In other words, what does God's word say? What is God's plan? How do I fit in it? Where do I belong in God's plan? In other words, find out what God's will is. He has a plan for your life. And, you know, it's like, you know, when, when someone dies and they have an inheritance and a will and your name may or may not be in the will, you need to go sit at the will reading and find out, do I have any money in, here, in this will? Do I have a, a house in this will? Do I have a, 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 some, some stocks and bonds in this will? But if you don't show up, then you're not going to receive it. Hearing about it is not enough. It may be stipulated in the, in the inheritance that you have to be present at the reading to receive your inheritance. Well, the same is true of the word of God. If you don't find out what God's word says about what, you, what God has for you, you're going to miss it. And it's God's divine will that we, we have everything that he has predestinated for us. That we, in verse 12, who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise. In other words, you're not going to be everything God wants you to be until you find out what it is. Don't go through life ignorant of the will of God. He has something that's just for you. And it goes on to say in verse 13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. In other words, it wasn't just a one-time moment, a good feeling, a, you know, a good service, and a good song, but it was something that you were sealed with. And then look how long it's going to last. Verse 14 says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, Jesus bought us at the cross. And he wants us to be with him eternally in heaven. And the way that we can do that is being sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, how are you going to make it? First time somebody, like I said before, step on your toe. Help me, Lord. You may fly off the handle. Tell them where they can go. Help me, Lord Jesus. But we need the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can overcome all the traps and the fiery darts of the wicked. We need the Holy Spirit so that one day we can hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The third thing in this message and the last thing is we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. Look at John 1 beginning at verse 33. It says, I did not know him once again, but he who sent me to baptize with water said unto me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It says, I, and I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. In other words, John needed God's spirit to lead him and to guide him and to let him know that this is the son of God. This is the one that I prepared you for. This is the one you need to recognize and tell the world about. If he did not know God's Holy Spirit, how would he be able to be a good witness? He would not be a good witness if he did not have the spirit there to guide him. 
And it says here, I did not know. In other words, there are things about the Christian life that you and I may not know. There are things that I still don't understand about the Christian experience. There are things that I don't know about being a pastor. I've only been a pastor, what, a month and a half? Amen. So I need the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide me. What about you? You need the Holy Spirit to be your guide. If Jesus needed it, if John the Baptist needed it, if I need it, you're going to need it. We need the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And look what John said in verse 34. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. In other words, he found out what God's will was for his life. And he could tell anybody that I know the Christ, the Son of God. And that's what you and I need to be able to say in our lives. As we go through life, you need to be able to say with confidence, I know I am where I'm supposed to be. Because God is leading me. God is ordering my steps. You know what the, the, the word of God says? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. That's for everybody, male and female. Amen. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit to be our guide. To order our steps. To direct our path. To be that light for us. So we can see and understand God's will for our lives. As we come to a close, let's look at John 16 and verse 13. I'm sorry. Verse, yeah, verse 13. <clears throat> John 16 and verse 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare it. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take care of mine and declare it to you. In other words, we need God's spirit to guide us. Jesus promised it. He promised that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. You know, God's spirit is not going to lie to you. He's not going to put you in the wrong place. He wants to put you in the right place. So that you can bring glory to God. And then what I love about the Holy Spirit, it will tell you of things to come. In other words, he'll give you a warning about some things that's going to happen in your life. You know, some things you, can, can, can kind of blindside you. But if you're walking in the Spirit, he'll give you a little warning sometimes. He'll tell you, you know, you know somewhere in life, you know, I, 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 you need to be ready for something. This is not to happen. And I found out that God will do that for you. If you let his spirit guide you. Now, if you think you, you know it all, you got a degree behind your name, you, you got a million dollars in the bank, and you don't need, sometimes something will happen, and it will literally blindside you. It will literally take you out and drag you for a while. But if you had the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you, he'll take you through. Now, having the Holy Spirit as your guide not going to exempt you from life's troubles. But it will prepare you for those life troubles so that you can overcome and be able to say, God is with me. He will never leave me, nor will he forsake me. We need God's spirit to guide us. I pray you understood the message today. The Christian experience, we need the Holy Spirit. Let us stand.